Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Uh, hello everybody, welcome to our latest uh, Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Last time we were sat around this table, we were in a fairly celebratory mood because we were discussing the, uh, the win over Leicester City, which was um, very, very important. Sadly, the mood is uh, completely the opposite this time because you know we've witnessed a shambles at the weekend. Phil, Kirkbride and Chris Beasley had the misfortune to be at uh, Arsenal watching what unfolded in front of them. Uh, myself and Tony Scott, a uh, little bit insulated, we watched it on television, but it was still pretty horrific to watch. Um, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, it. It was bad, but we'll try and analyse it in as constructive a manner as possible. And I suppose the obvious way to start is to look at the, uh, the team selection. And I know hindsight is a wonderful thing, but did any of us think that that was a good line-up uh, to be sent out before kickoff? I mean, Phil, when you saw the team sheets, were you yeah, optimistic? Look, or? I, th- I thought, for me, and I, I appreciate this wouldn't be necessarily universally agreed viewpoint, for me, the tactics going to Arsenal with the players and the squad that Everton have got, trying to keep it tight by playing a, a, a policy of containment with five at the back was the way forward. Now, I know we debated it last week about what do you do if you concede first, etc, etc. But I think if you think about this rationally and where Everton are at and have been for three, four seasons, what gives anybody any belief that they had the players uh, and the type of players and the players who can perform in a certain way consistently and at a high level to have gone and played any other way? I don't think they do. So, did he pick the right 11? I'm not quite certain he did. I think Sigerson is a must in any game and you could argue that Rooney should have been in there to give the team more control of the ball when they had it. Equally, whatever tactics and whatever formation Sam Allardyce plays, whether he went, we're going 4-3-3 and we're just going to go at them, but, uh, you know, caution to the wind, it's a free hit. You still, whoever manager you are, whatever set, selection, whatever tactics you produce, you cannot mitigate for the goals that went in in the first 19 yeah. minutes. You can't, you can't allow for players not stopping crosses, not tackling, not marking men not doing what they're told so for me it's almost it supersedes the debate about selection and actually yeah. returns to footballers not doing the basics the selection and the tactics were a shambles for me from from the minute now everyone says we, what do we have three one three tackles or we in the first half that, that's shambles as it is but when you look at it you're thinking if you're sending I, I, I try to think of it from a player's perspective I'm going out in that tunnel I'm walking out to the Emirates in an Everton shirt and the manager is sending me out to do a defensive-minded display with defensive-minded players. 
your mentality straight away is just get behind the ball, just get behind the ball. Arsenal, the best in the league, are just knocking it past you. No wonder they threw three tackles in, because you can't get near them. If you're going onto the pitch with one goalkeeper and then five defenders and two defensive midfielders, what's your mindset? You're not going out to win the game. And if, especially if you're playing wing-backs, then you're playing the lads who in front of you are wingers. So it's a, it was a shambolic display. Well, no, he clearly wasn't going out to win the game. He was going to try and grind out, uh, as he did at Anfield, you know, that kind of performance, try and keep it tight as long as possible, and then use the pace of the players he'd selected, you know, Ubalassis and Nias, you know, to try and you know, pinch something on the break. But, you know, the fear was that if they can see it first, that needs to be ripped up and started straight away. I think, as Phil suggested there, there's a bigger story at work here, and it's the players' attitudes themselves. Um, you know, and I think you've mentioned it yourself, Phil, in a really good comment piece that's uh, going up on the site later on this evening, that David Unsworth uh, basically found his authority compromised at the football club by not being a long-term manager, by being a caretaker, and some players basically went through the motions. And you could argue that Sam Allardyce is suffering in the same way, couldn't you? Because he's only got an 18-month deal. There's a perception that you know Everton are going to look elsewhere in the summer and one or two more performances like that on Sunday or Saturday, and clearly they will. Um, therefore, some players are going through the motions again. I mean, is that the case? Did we see players that looked like they weren't giving what they should have been given at the weekend? I just think that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a harsh thing to say, isn't it? To say that they're actually not given her all but they were certainly off the pace again yeah. <clears throat> Morgan Schneidlin seemed to be several yards behind play when um, Arsenal are, are on the attack there's um, people not um, attacking crosses um, um, coming in when the um, the ball's being uh, knocked into the box I mean it's one thing if Arsenal unpick you with their brilliant play I've said at the weekend you know you're, you can only applaud that but when they're scoring easy goals from set pieces past you I mean it, it, it's pretty damning stuff don't forget if you're setting up with the mindset of get behind the ball and try and make it as hard as, as you can for Arsenal to play round you straight away there was three defensive centre midfielders there weren't they yeah. sorry um, centre halves yeah. Mangala Williams and Keane Keane I just think you threw Mangala in the deep end there, considering you, we bought him in that week and you just thrown him in Arsenal away. I just felt so sorry for him. Obviously, we've seen him in a Manchester City. He's a French international, he's played football this season. Yeah, season. You, you've thrown so. him in really at the deep end there, haven't you? Because well, it's Arsenal away. No, you've got to play him, I think. If you bring a player, I wasn't surprised to see three at the back uh, once he was acquired. I just think, yeah, he's on board. All right, use him. All right, then if we're playing three centimetres, three rather. I don't think they should, by the way. Exactly, but if we, are, yeah. if we are, Phil, I'd probably get the generation here, the, the votes. Who would you sell to the six centre backs we've got? Who is the best defender? Well, yeah. To me, Jack Yelka. If, if I could just throw this in, because I did a piece earlier this week about the times Everton have used three at the back, uh, and it, almost 90% of the time it's not been successful. The one occasion when it was a spectacular success was against Manchester City, the 4 0 win last season mm-hmm. in January. Everton played three at the back then, one of which was Mason Holgate. Uh, one of which I think was Funes Mori and one of which is Ashley Williams you've got two players there who are mobile you know quite comfortable carrying the ball forward and you've got a fairly resolute stopper I think if you're going to play that system you've got to have play and Coleman and Baines with the wing backs yeah, that day by the way yeah, yeah. so you've got to have people that can play wing back obviously at the Emirates we didn't have two players that could play wing back mm-hmm. uh, John Joe Kenny you know, I can 
play that role on occasions but you know he's, his qualities have been more defensive since he's been in the team and Kuko Martina as we know once he crosses the halfway line he has a you know, nosebleed so they they can't do it mm-hmm. and equally you know, the three central defenders who were out there at the weekend couldn't do it either I think if you're going to use our system it's got to have people who are suited to it and you've got to play it for a prolonged period of time you can't just chop and change every three or four minutes which he appears to be doing Phil do you, you, you probably know more than anyone at the, at the moment still there was rumours of players that were going out on loan on transfer day or agents mm-hmm. rang wasn't he did like four or five players yeah yeah I'm guessing obviously we're just hearing rumours so far one was Ashley Williams one was Morgan Schneiderlin yeah. do you think it was wise enough to play them two players straight away well, a couple of days after, they were so-called wanted to move away. Yeah, well, this maybe maybe this sounds naive, but and it and it comes back to, to to your point about players going out with this negative mindset. These are professional footballers; they're paid to do a job. Yeah, this isn't. A, a, I know, but the a, human yeah, as well, yeah. Phil. The human. Yeah, but it's not like a great injustice for them to be. Oh, we've got to play defensive today. This but, is rubbish. But that's what they've been doing all week. They, they've been they've been training all week. As a defensive unit yeah. with five at the back, two defensive midfielders, yeah. sit back, sit back, sit yeah. back, sit back, and they're just knocking it long to Umani Ass, who can't hold the ball off for love and money. Yeah, but so but it's, I it was total just a waste of time. No, but I don't get the I don't get the um, concern that you you had about them saying they're going into the tunnel. They're in this mindset of oh, we're playing. It's defensive. a negative mindset. Yeah, but it's a system. You're a professional <coughs> footballer. You I, had, I you're paid. Yeah, yeah. You're paid extreme levels of money to go and do a job yeah. for a football club mm. so whatever the manager says whether you agree with it or not you're going to do it to the yeah, best yeah, of your ability yeah. and quite clearly nobody did yeah. so I don't buy the belief and the idea that that, that, that in look you ultimately I'd carry the can yeah. and it didn't work but you can't you can't shelter the players no I'm not the, listen the players have gone through three four managers over the but last and, that, and what's the common the common denominator the it's players have been getting smaller yeah. it's yeah. not the same Doing it, yeah, I get that. But when I, I, I take your opinion on board, but going, going, but that's it's heaven for me. That was heaven. I know, mate. But equally, to be equally, who? Yeah, if you're going to Arsenal, right, and thinking, right, we've got to be more positive. Your most informed, most threatening, inverted communist yeah. striker, according to the manager, is money ass. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, with respect to Umar, yeah. that that kills the argument for me. Yeah. I, I, I get I, I was surprised that if you're going to play a system like that, you need someone that can hold the ball yeah. up. And Cheng Tosin, on the brief moments we've seen him, appears to have that in his arm. And mm. yeah, he wasn't selected. Umani was used in exactly the same role at Anfield and was hauled off at half time because you know, so he couldn't hold the ball up. Yeah, so what's your opinion that, about hanging the players out just right there at the end? Now, no, no, I'd say, listen, you get a lot of managers that come out and say, do you know yeah. what, first half, I carry the can. I changed the second half and we had a goal. I was surprised. He never, I was he surprised. slaughtered them players yeah. in public. What I would say is, in terms of balance, it went a little bit unnoticed. After the debacle at Spurs, Sam said it was my fault. Yeah. He went, I've got to take responsibility. Yeah. So, if he, look, I understand it's quite... Sometimes quite shocking when a manager's that forthright about mm. the players, but I think he was just so appalled. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't. I personally didn't blame him. Look, he has to take his share of responsibility because he's the manager. He's the one that has to mm. motivate them. But as I've written tonight, and as we spoke about at the top, I think he might be swimming against the tide a little bit, like Unzi did. I, I yeah. think what's appalled an awful lot of people uh, this week is the suggestion that this season has to be a write-off. Yeah. I mean, to actually, you know, wave a white flag in the middle of February. Now, I know 
pushing for Europe is going to be an absolute stretch anyway. But I think to publicly say that the season is a write-off, you know, when players have, so when fans have bought season tickets when there's still a fair number of home games still to go, you know, a lot of away games still to pay, you know, fork out good money for. Uh, mm. that, I, I raised eyebrows, should we politely say. It's disgusting, say it's disgusting. Yeah. For the manager to say that, now, I don't care who the manager, if it's Jose Mourinho or Sam Allardyce, a manager can't come out as you just said through mid through right February and say the season's a write-off. Then fans have paid £700 from yeah. August to May, not August to February, and that's why the season. They don't pay three quarters of the season. Yeah. That's not fair. And I'm not being funny. Everton can visibly get seventh. And you know, if you look at it on the whole stretch of the imagination, going, yeah, on this season, who would have thought we could actually finish seventh? What were we five points away from seventh now, Everton? Mm. Exactly, we're, the, we're the same position where they finished last season. We're, we're, so we're one of five games coming up, which on paper looks like yeah. there could be a few points involved in so, them. I mean, you should be saying, oh, what? Seventh day for this team to finish exactly where they finished last season. Let's get amongst them and finish I the th- season strongly. I think maybe on reflection, Sam, who we, you know, is clearly a very honest person and you know, largely would applaud that and, and yeah. value that. I think maybe on reflection, he would probably think I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. You know, I th- well, I'd like to think think that anyway because yeah. you know he may have been reminded by the football club that that's not <laughs> particularly the right yeah. thing to be saying at that time look that interview that interview took place five minutes after he yeah, went yeah. from the telly so mm. look no no excuse I think he you know I think I think the big surprise for me was seeing Gilfie Sigurdsson sat on the other substitutes bench and there's, the, there's no suggestion that he had any issues after the game on Wednesday is I think some of the things I've seen written are suggesting that Allardyce was effectively saving him for the game against Crystal Palace on Saturday. Uh, you know, he's, he wants to win the games that he thinks Everton could win. And, you know, if you're playing devil's advocate here, you look at his record since coming in, the only games that he's really fallen down on, you know, apart from, obviously, Arsenal, he's fallen down spectacularly. Tottenham has, uh, you know, Liverpool in the FA Cup. But there were games that you'd always think Everton would be struggling to get something from anyway. The games that you'd expect Everton to get points from, he's largely got points from. You know, the only one he hasn't was Bournemouth away. That, um, it's yeah. the same as Koeman's yeah. record then at the start of the I, season. I, I, that, was, that, that was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that felt, going over all ground, I mean, I think Everton were undone by the fixture list straight from yeah, the yeah, off. That yeah. was absolutely horrendous start of the season. But you could argue that, you know, he, he's basically playing percentages and just trying to win, you know, the points he thinks Everton could win because he still sees this as a relegation fight. That's another argument altogether, yeah. whether you should actually be dressing it up as a relegation fight or not. Yeah. Which brings us to Saturday and it's going to be like an absolutely huge game again as a result of what happened. You well, know, obviously there's been fans' ago. pleasure on, on social media, etc. Have you in all your life so watching Everton seen fans leave the ground at half-time? I have to be fair, yeah, um, and it, it's different now because the social media world means that you're made very keenly Keep aware of, it, of things yeah. like this. And yeah, it has happened in the past. I mean, uh, players, you know, fans trying to stream out at half time, mm. finding the gates are locked and being told, "No, you've got to go back yeah, and yeah. watch it." That's your punishment, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, social media nowadays amplifies everything mm. and intensifies everything, and quite correctly, it gives supporters a voice, uh, you know, a voice which is listened to. Mm. And so there's a lot of noise out there, and a lot of very, very upset fans, but. You know, they fork out so much money watching it as a football club, they're entitled to hear those mm. views. Phil, what was your thoughts on um, Wayne Rooney on Monday Night Football when he was going along the lines of saying, I was embarrassed watching that from the line and I told the players at half time? Good on him. Yeah. That's the second time we've heard uh, stories of Wayne voicing his, his opinion in the dressing room. One was before Palace, if I'm not mistaken, away. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good on him. Yeah. Because, you know, he will have empathised with. The thousands of fans in that yeah, corner exactly. of the ground more than anybody other than Davis and, and John yeah. Joe. Good. They needed mm. telling and I'm hoping and I hope 
that a few of them were taken aback by that. Do you think there's enough characters in there, Chris? <laughs> you want to see a rock? Don't you? Exactly. I, mean, I look at the, I look at that and I think um, Rooney's one of them. Maybe Jack Elk will be doing in the dressing room. Is there any other big character? Coleman, possibly, if he was yeah, playing, I think he'd voice his opinion. How many of them characters in there go, do you know what, you're not pulling your weight, so you've got to get tighter to him. Is there anyone with the onus of on themselves like I that? I think that could be part of the problem, isn't it? We've seen with these, whether it be um, Martinez, Koeman, Unsworth, now Allardyce, these problems keep um, coming back to the surface. and yeah. It's got to be a, a, a lack of characters in there and it seems to be a, a mental problem rather than a physical problem look at these players they're all talented players they're all top half players as it, mm. as it were they should be performing a lot better so you've got to question whether they've got that mental strength Martinez yeah. tried to eradicate that culture didn't he mm. he wanted to be the only voice and it, it was it was more about what went mm. on the pitch than what was said off it but yeah. he was fighting a losing battle in that front there Everton does, does it worry you, Dave, that there isn't many characters in there when you're seeing the four <coughs> or five, ten goals conceded against Arsenal this season? It does 100%, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a different mindset at work now, totally. To, when we did the, uh, the pod with Peter Reid, it was uh, you know, six yeah. months or so ago, mm-hmm. and he talked about there would routinely be, not fights, but you know, you know, posturing and players squaring up to each other in the dressing room, mm-hmm. where you know, he'd go in and tear a strip off somebody, you'd square up to him and they'd have a go back. And it was healthy, you know, people were you know, all fighting for the same cause and they were just making each other aware that they weren't pulling their weight. Whether that is happening now, I'm not so sure. And as you know, Phil rightly mentions there, it was something that Roberto was very keen not to happen. Uh, he didn't like players speaking out at turn. You know, poor old Leighton discovered that uh, because you know he wanted to be the, the sole voice of authority in that dressing room. Sometimes it's helpful for players to get things out in the open and to you know have it out with each other. I don't think there are. Seamus' commentary term will help in that respect. You know, we're, we're told he's been in the dressing room as a spectator on occasions this season, yeah. uh, basically voicing displeasure and telling players you know they should be mm-hmm. doing more. That'll be back. Sadly, he was ill at the weekend, but you know, hopefully, he's back for this weekend. Bainsey is also, you know, on the comeback trail. You spoke to him the other night, Chris. Hopefully, that's not too far away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fingers crossed that'll be another voice added yeah. in there as well. Because there's been so many new faces brought in this season, and they're clearly not going to, you know, kick off and have a, you know, pop because. Yeah. The new, the new yeah. environment, you know, you've got to be in there for a little while, otherwise people think, you know, you're big time yeah, if you yeah. suddenly start, you know, shouting the odds and start trying to have Rooney did it to Ricky early in 60. Yeah, but yeah, Rooney's a, you know, an absolute yeah. you know, freak, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One player like him comes around once a lifetime. Mm. So I think, uh, you know, it's been hard, everything has been undone by the fact that there have been so many new faces mm. coming into the squad this season. Apart from trying to bed them in, there are also issues then with them, you know, finding a voice in the dressing room and clearly they, they haven't found a voice and, you know, where that comes from, I don't know. How many different captains have we had? <laughs> for the last, uh, last four or five games absolutely madness what's the take on the Patrice Evra situation Phil was the any kinds of whispers Everton that were linked wasn't he yeah, if so then why, why why was it dealt with in December when he was basically a free then I, I would I'd be amazed if Everton obviously as I said they were linked today weren't they yeah. never had stood up I'd be amazed if they hadn't looked and considered it because you know we all could see he was available Yeah, but is he is he still good enough yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 I totally yeah. understand that he's got Evra, his history and his pedigree, etc., mm. etc. Et but is he good enough? I don't is he know. better than Martina in well, a back situation? Uh, but then, then you also got to weigh up what he'd want in a salary. Mm. Where does he 
did he even want to come north of yeah. the Watford gap? I don't know. Yeah, I think the bottom line is as well is that Allardyce clearly does rate Cuco Martina. He thinks he's a better player than he's given credit for. And I do have some sympathy with that viewpoint. You know, as a, a steady defender, he's okay. Mm. Um, it's going forward that he has issues because clearly, you know, that's not his forte. And it's again, it's accepting second best, really accepting that for the remainder of the season because, well, hopefully, until Baines he's back sooner rather than later. Yeah. But he's been out for so long. How long is it going to take him to get back to yeah, speed? Left yeah. behind. Closed yeah. doors, friendlies, etc., yeah. etc. Et it'd be it'd be March, won't it? Would he say to you, he said he's just doing the the um, the tail end of his fitness stuff now. He's back outside, and he hoped the next seven to ten days that he would be joining the group again. But that's just joining so. the group. So after you're talking competitive matches, obviously, thinking a few more weeks after that, aren't you? Well, to be fair, there's a break after the uh, the game because of the FA Cup weekend. So yeah. you know, March tenth, Brighton is it? Heavy sure clouds being knocked out the FA Cup. So obviously, back to Crystal Palace as this Saturday's gents. Mm. This is a must win when you think about it, isn't it? Great stat got chucked at me before. I was on the phone to um, a guy at the Croydon advertised and then it got put on online. When uh, Wolf Zaha hasn't played for Palace, they have not won a league game since September 2016. <laughs> oh. And he's obviously out for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. put all your money on a Palace win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Palace have been on half decent records on Mersey sides, haven't they? When they've they lost up since they come up. Yeah. Since they yeah. got back into the Premier League, they've lost two three twos and two one alls. No, I mean, we shouldn't be even thinking this way, to be honest. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not. If Coleman plays, I think yes. it's a different I mentality. Think I think it's Leicester all over again. Yeah, yeah it's, it's important. I don't think it's must win, because uh, I don't think this is as bleak as the manager would like to paint it at times. I think, I, I think he's trying to lower expectations, you know, to make his success rate, you, know, you know, avoiding relegation, you know, another tick in the box. Yeah. And, you know, we should be looking a little bit higher than that. I don't think it was a relegation fight when he took over. Um, I think the, uh, the win that, you know, Everton achieved against West Ham. You know, essentially steadied the ship, but no, it's important just to try and give a positive demeanour, you know, to, mm. amongst the supporters again, because there's so much negativity and so much angst at the moment, and it's totally understandable, you know, in the light of what was yeah. seen on Saturday. It wasn't just a defeat; it was an absolute, you know, horror story. So it's massively important to get, you know, three points and try and do it in you know a little bit of style and of course they're capable of doing it I mean Leicester are one of the better sides outside the top seven and you know just about you know to edge that one and probably deserved it as well if you're beating Leicester at home surely you're beating Palace aren't you you've just got to feel that he's got to play as close to the 11 that played Leicester from the start yeah same same approach tempo energy just just here at home you're not against a team anywhere near as good as Arsenal the formation and the approach is completely different and you just you play with energy and you get the crowd on on your side and you'll be fine where do we see Jenk Tosin then at the end of all this after two games being out in the frame we all thought he was going to come in against Arsenal didn't show and now he sat on the bench didn't didn't come Come on on, did he come on on, I lost interest with him (laughs) 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 that's the professionalism of Phil Um, I just feel that if he doesn't get a run out in this or if he doesn't even start Questions will need to be asked why this lad was bought in the first place if he hasn't even started matches now. The problem is, you look at what's going to tr- the way Everton are at the minute, what's going to trouble who's the centre half? Is Dan fit or no, he's injured? Is he? Delaney is he playing? You know, Palace, big, strong, yeah, not, yeah. not hugely mobile guys, are they? But they're solid. What's going to trouble them? Somebody pulling them this way and that. Nias had a great Lakes. game against them at Sellers Park, didn't he? I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, it's either Nias or Capital who playing from the start for me. He got the money in that, isn't it? Oh, you're paying 27 yeah. million for the centre yeah, forward in January. It is. If he's not ready, he's not ready. But, yes. You know, and 
you know, again, being fair, you wanted him to hit the ground running, but Sam did say he might not. And that's the gamble Everton have taken. Yeah. You can go two too ways, many, really, hasn't you? Well, the, the whole recruiting process is another pod, isn't it? And yeah. it's, another, it's another discussion, but I suspect that it'll be under review now and significantly under review in May, won't it? So, Chris, you were there on Saturday. You had the unfortunate um, issue of watching them players, some of them going through the motions. Out of them ones that performed really badly, to put it bluntly, who do you think won't be playing on Saturday against Crystal Palace? Yeah, I'd, I think we've got to revert to as much of the Leicester as, as possible. Um, like you said, um, the three centre-backs didn't work, so he revert straight away to the flat-back four like they played in the second half. Um, Keane, who he took off at half-time, was actually imperious almost against Leicester. I yeah, thought that was one of his yeah. best performances. Yeah. So I'd certainly keep him and, so, and, and I'd get Phil Jagielka back in because yeah. he played well against Leicester, but obviously twice in four days was too much for him. He's playing Arsenal, so go back to Keane and Jagielka centre-back, so that means that Mangala's out, Williams is out. Um, right back, hopefully Seamus Coleman will be yeah. back fit, so he's back in for John Joe um, Kenny and then similar sort of midfield to the Leicester would that probably mean that Morgan Schneidlin uh, makes where he was uh, much maligned for, for his yeah. performance yeah. Uh, very politely diplomatically yeah. put no, I think people want to see Wayne Rooney in there yeah. I know we've discussed on this many times that his passing can let himself down sometimes he tries a bit too hard he can be sloppy in possession mm. but he does make things happen mm. as he does has done a number of times and the balance looks better when he's in like a deeper midfield role it just again looks like a better player yeah. you know he's just he seems like you know freed of you know sort of other responsibilities of getting forward and then obviously Sigurdsson you know I don't want to put words into your mouth but you'd imagine Sigurdsson comes straight back yeah. in again yeah, yeah. Walcott comes back in again and then do you go offensively? Do you go Balassi on one side, maybe? Um, I don't know. We do you think? Club do you think that, there's yeah. a yeah? Possibly he may turn on against his old club. Do you think there's a call for just? I know Walcott's been very dangerous on the wing. Would you play him up front? It'd be interesting if he was to bring Tosin back in. Yeah, that might be a way because people have been saying Tosin's almost been missing somebody a foil to, to, to play off. Yeah. So if he's going to go with Nia, I mean Nias can play as a two as, yeah. as well. So I mean. Possibly the, the way he was uh, his positioning for his goals, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he was in there, mm. um, sort of like inside forward position. So yeah. it's certainly a possibility. But again, it's something we've got to work on on the training ground because we said they looked ill prepared for that free at the back. Arsenal, that's probably because it only had two days to, to prepare that. Mm. So whatever he's going to do, he, he's going to have to sort of install that at, at Finch Farm over the number of days. It's no good perhaps having a whim on, on the Friday day before they're getting the. It's a possibility, but it's something that's got to be worked on. I don't want to, sorry, David. I don't want to go back to the Arsenal one too much now. We, we, we finished that one, but just briefly on it. What do you think Sam Allardyce learned out of that game more than any other game he's took charge of Everton this season? He probably learned an awful lot about the character of some of the players, and yeah. it won't be a lesson that he's particularly keen to uh, take on board because mm. he would have hoped that you know he'd have seen players showing a bit of fight, showing a bit of resolve. Uh, you know, an unwillingness to accept defeat, and unfortunately, we saw quite the opposite. You know, from far too many players, a lot of players going through the motions. Uh, it didn't look like it was hurting some of them mm. massively. I mean, you know, we need to qualify that. You know, because some players, you know, did really yeah. suffer. Uh, but yeah, I think he's learning an awful lot about the players in it very, very quickly. 
And you know, no one knows quite what's going to happen with the managerial situation in the summer. But you know, should that situation change, I think we'll also see an awful lot of players, you know, sort of moving on as well. Yeah. But it's, it's worrying how we get into a situation now where we're becoming one of those clubs that you know hires and fires managers every six months because well, that's I, never, never good for the long term. Do you, I remember saying it the minute we bulleted Ronald Koeman. Yeah. I said it, and I said I do not want to. Bulletin manager after nine league matches, whether you think Sacking Cumin was right or wrong, you can't do it because what it sends out is that Everton and now a club like a Leicester City just trigger happy, hitting the panic button. And I don't want my football club to be remembered like that. I don't want to seen from the outside world thinking Everton just chopping and change managers every time they go on a bad run. I wouldn't mind us doing an impossible dream and winning the league. But I just don't want and this is what yeah. the when you look at it, obviously looking at like hindsight now, we're in February coming to obviously coming towards the tail end of the season, the running, so to speak. Nine games, you're looking back on it. David Dunsworth had what, six or seven games? Yeah. Sam Allardyce had the, 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 the records are basically tailor made for each other, they're all exactly the same. And that that is down to the fact that there's a new investor on board who we all, you know, welcomed and embraced. And, yeah. you know, you know we want him to do well for Had Mashiri. Obviously he's got so much money wrapped up in it and he's invested so much in it. He's terrified of you know losing his Premier League status, and I think that is why you know the change was made. If we think back to you know how things were, it was a little bit of a surprise when Ronald Koeman went. But equally, that you know latest defeat by Arsenal mm. was absolutely horrendous. As bad as last week, it was. Yeah, it was as bad in different ways. And so you know people possibly understood that one. But yeah, the, the one for me, you know, was David Unsworth. You know, so he, he was no no worse than Sam Allardyce might have been. You know, the way he, it is. He, he both had very very difficult games. You know, Kuma to start the season, Unsworth to start mm. his spell. Uh, it just seems that you know Mashiri is understandably a little bit trigger happy. Yeah. And you know, are we going to see exactly the same again in the summer? It it's, it's a mess. It's a mess from start to finish. Yeah, you just fear for a, a lack of consistency in that his two options were either silver or Allardyce. It's not like for like, is it? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not like there's a certain type that the club are going for or going down the line of a certain strategy. You know, for better or for, for worse, Roberto Martinez played it a certain way. You couldn't say Allardyce and Silva were uh, mm. like for like. Yeah. So the fact that they were in for one manager and then took the other one, you think going forward you've got to have that coherent strategy. It was panic, wasn't it? It was the, the performance of Southampton, which yeah. I think you know basically forced the hand yeah. and, you know, sort of made them go back in. And who knows what can happen to me. It's uh, so, so from now to the end of the season, Dave, do you think we've got a loads of well, got a, quite a lot of winnable games coming up, haven't we, Everton? Oh, yeah, I say winnable for Everton. They, they are. If you're looking on paper, Everton are by, by far better than Crystal Palace, in my opinion. The Crystal Palace should be a victory, but then no, Watford and Burnley away are, are tough fixtures. Watford, they've had a little bit of a spring in the step the last mm. couple of games as a result of a new manager coming in. Uh, you know, I watched the game the other night and they were helped by the fact that you know Chelsea, Chelsea had a man sent yeah. off early doors. But they deserved to lead even before mm. that moment because they, they were organised and they were at it. You know, they were at home admittedly, but you know, they're going to be at home when Everton go down there. Yeah. And then Burnley have been like, you know, the revelations this season. They're so organised and they're so hard working. So Everton will need to put together two very organised, coherent performances to get anything on those two nights. Can you see it? And well, this team I, I probably can't at the yeah. moment. No. So you're reliant once again on the home games. You know, Brighton's coming up, which is again mm. is similar to Crystal Palace. Again, Everton should be looking to win. As I said quite a bit earlier, the games that Sam Allardyce expects Everton to win are the games that he's targeting, and you know, he's yeah. Trying to do that, it is very short-term thinking. It is quite 
conservative thinking with a small mm. C. But you know, unfortunately, it's where we are. And it's what, what we've got at the moment. Is it important? Just finally, Chris, on on Saturday against Crystal Palace, it's important that Everton start this game well, isn't it? Because obviously, the back of yeah. what happens on Saturday night, if they start sluggish, a misplaced pass from heaven forbid, if Schneider plays a misplaced yeah. pass. The crowd's going to be on top of the place three to eight. It's massively important that they, they get out the traps, isn't it? Yeah, because you could you could actually you could feel that in the Leicester game once things were going well for Everton, the whole place was lifted, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The, the buzz was back mm. there. They were getting behind the players. And Eventually, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty minutes yeah, was, was yeah. funereal, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it took yeah. a while to get going. Yeah, that's what that's what they they need again. You know, just that bit of bit of spark there. So um, definitely, I mean, it was game over after <laughs> it was game over after ten minutes, but yeah. twenty minutes, two, three nil down at Arsenal. So. Yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it? I mean, those home supports can play a real part in lifting the players if they, if they get behind them from the start. And despite their record on Merseyside, like you so kindly reminded us, Scotty. <laughs> I said Merseyside, by the way, but <laughs> yeah. they yeah. took well at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, there shouldn't be a great deal to fear there, should there? Mm. You know, the, you know, especially with Zaha taken out of the equation. You know, there's yeah. not... Benteke's continuing to. I'm not, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say to Benteke, <laughs> aren't I? But you know, the, 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 a team not particularly high in confidence at the moment. But if any manager knows these players right well, we've got them in place in the Everton dugout. Only Sam Allardyce knows this team inside out. Yeah. He should have these mapped out, the drills, everything in place, yeah. and he should know exactly what it takes to beat yeah, this team. Well, he has complained in the past about a lack of time on the training ground being something that's hindered him. And you know, especially in the first like couple of weeks or first you know, month or so of his reign, yeah. uh, that's not the case now. You know, because he had a full week to you know have them in, get, get them watching the videos, and get them in the drills. Mm. You know, yeah. could hopefully overcome Palace. So yeah, no excuses. Time. It's it's a game that you know Everton got to take three points from. I don't think it's a must win, as you said earlier. But I think you know, just for the mood about the place, I do. It, it's got to be. A I, I, I I fear for you going in the streets after. What you think about yeah. say, well, it's all it takes is I think Palace go a point behind us if they actually yeah. win. Yeah. And you think dare I if a draw even if a draw no, the fans are just gonna jump on the back of them because yeah. and rightly so, the performance have been there all season. They paid the money and they deserve it. So at the moment I just feel as if this is a must win to send the fans home happy and they can look up and set them over the shoulder. Yeah. So we're going for a prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose if we must, you know. <laughs> Sod's law says we'll get one right. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. I am going for a three-two victory for Everton. A thriller. Oh my yeah, God. I think it will be. Um, yeah, um, nothing silly this time like the the Wayne Rooney penalty against Leicester. So I'm going to be positive also and say two-nil Everton. Uh, I think a clean sheet's probably a bit too much. Too much to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I feel for Jordan Pickford in that respect as well because you know he's he's been like one of the more consistent performers this season. Uh, but I, I saw signs against Leicester that was a different team at times. Mm. Some of the interplay was decent, and there were shots on target. Yeah. I think Everton score three goals, and they'll concede. It'll be a three-one victory. Interesting. So I'll be back with us next week, and uh, we'll hopefully be you know raking the ashes of what was a, a decent win. Speak to you soon. Can do. Oh, Lewis ball in. Chance for Rooney.